You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Breaking news alert. Burke and Miz talk off-season signings. Please call the police if you see anyone suspicious not listening to this podcast. Breaking news, breaking news. Let's get right into the breaking news. There's not a lot this week, and that's to be expected. You know, the last couple podcasts, it's just been insane, where it's taken up most of the podcast just going through all the free agent signings. But now teams are focused on the NFL draft, so they're, you know, obviously starting to look at prospects and filling their team that way. They'll look at where their gaps are afterwards and probably sign some more free agents, but it's going to be a slow period until the draft. So to get right into it, Chiefs sign offensive guard Kyle Long. If you remember Kyle Long, he was the son of Howie Long, Hall of Famer. He was drafted by the Bears, played guard all those years. Had some concussion problems, so he retired. And I don't blame him for coming back because he's coming back to the Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs have, you know, one of the best teams in football. So probably wasn't a hard decision on his part. And Chiefs lost a lot along the offensive line, so it's a good signing. But I think they lost people that they wanted to. Like, they really wanted to improve their offensive line. So this kind of solidifies it a little bit because Kyle Long's a really good guard. Of course, he's been out for a while, so we'll see if uh, he still has some of that magic. Uh, but it's good signing. Uh, Broncos, they signed Mike Boone. Now, this is amazing because this is the Mike Boone that played for the Minnesota Vikings. And if you don't remember, Mike Boone was a guy that everyone started in their championship football weeks uh, two years ago because Dalvin Cook was hurt. And he ended up getting 32 yards rushing. I remember that fondly because I was one of those teams that had him in my lineup. I was down by six points. That's all I needed from him. He was getting like 22 points a game, got me 3.2, and I lost. Now, I was going to start Joe Mixon, but he was sick, so I wasn't sure how he was going to play. He ended up getting seven, so I would have won, but I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, Philip Lindsay, though, you know, they, they let him go, so Mike Boone's going to fill that Philip Lindsay role. Uh, QB Sam Darnold, he was traded to the Panthers for a second, fourth, and sixth round pick. I mean, that's a steal. You get a top-ranked quarterback. And I think Sam Donald's a good quarterback. He just played for the Jets, and they didn't develop him. They didn't build anything around him. So Panthers could actually get a top-notch quarterback for peanuts. I mean, they didn't have to give up anything. I mean, I'd give up a second, fourth, and sixth all day for Sam Donald. So now he's going to be in the Panthers in that, you know, offense with Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, um, and uh, uh, DJ Moore. It's going to be impressive, and I think he's going to do really well there. It's a great trade by the Panthers. Now they don't have to worry about trying to trade in the top four to get their quarterback, and it's probably only going to last one year, and uh, that will open the door uh, for Deshaun Watson next year if Deshaun Watson can get through all of his uh, legal issues that he's facing right now. So uh, I'm really excited about this trade. I think Sam Donald's going to do great, and that's it for the breaking news. It's time for the tight end review. Let's go do this. 
season finale. Okay, we're going to go right back at it. It's our season finale of our of the season 2 in uh, 2020. And what better way to wrap up the season than do what, Burke? What are we doing? How about wrapping up the tight ends? Wrapping up the tight ends. Who doesn't love tight ends? You know, we like to go out with a bang, and nothing says going big than talking about the tight end position, especially with uh, how bad it was for 2020. But uh, the uh, big thing I want to mention about the tight ends before we get into the rankings is going through the stats, I really noticed that the tight end rankings, you know, obviously you take out the top two, which we'll get to, but you go through almost three to 20, and the targets and the receptions, they weren't really that much different. Uh, the, the biggest difference between all the tight ends was really touchdown catches. So when you're picking a tight end, you're really, it's kind of a crapshoot on which ones are going to score the most touchdowns. And I really feel like that's hard to do. So, you know, when when you're going through the draft and you're thinking about grabbing a guy, there's a lot of guys with great potential, but are they going to score touchdowns? And you can get just as lucky with, you know, a Dalton Schultz as you can with a Hunter Henry based off of how many touchdowns are going to score. Um, but that's, that's my biggest takeaway. I obviously, you know, uh, players like Robert Tanyan, and uh, Jimmy Graham kind of took me by surprise in, in the amount of uh, usage that they had. But uh, overall, I don't think, you know, outside of injury, that there was uh, that much to really even talk about or uh, take away from it. What about you, Burke? What, do, what would you say about that? Yeah, as we do our wrap-up, when we wrap up the tight ends, um, brings me back to our discussion on um, some of the difficulties in, in picking tight ends in your fantasy draft and how we both discussed you know that um, you know that the constant chase of finding the tight end that's going to produce consistently when you don't have someone like Kelsey on your roster, just how difficult it is. And looking back at my rankings from 2020 in comparison to how the season ended, it just highlights those challenges. Um, you know, as far as picking the tight ends, um, a lot of things to go through here, um, but I'm eager to get through um, some of our tight ends and see where our projections lined out. Perfect. Well, we'll get right into number 20. And number 20 is kind of deceiving because he actually played really well and uh, had, had a really good stat line for the amount of games that he played, but it's George Kittle. So he was targeted 63 times. He had 48 receptions for 634 yards. He only had two touchdowns, which you'd like to probably see more of that, but he averaged 10 points a game. So that really puts him in the top three, uh, you know, of the whole entire NFL at the tight end position, it, you know, obviously he was hurt and you, you can't foresee that happening. So that's what really knocked him down. But I mean, when George Kittle's in, he's a good play when he's not, he, you know, he's not a good play. Um, I, you know, we had him ranked at number, well, at least I did. I had him ranked at number two and I feel good about that ranking just because, you know, obviously you're, you're not going to be able to predict injury. Yeah. I had him at number two as well. And like you said, you look at the average of 9.6 per game, that would have put him um, at three and, and based on average of games played behind Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Um, but again, as you stated, the injuries, only playing eight games and then being injured most of those games, unable to finish some of those games, just hurt the overall production from a long-term 
overall season standpoint. Um, hopefully, in 2021, we see a, a healthy George Kittle. Yep. And uh, I obviously, I don't think this affects his ranking for 2021, which we'll definitely be able to talk about in length once we get into the, uh, the next season. Number 19 was Dallas Goddard. He had 65 targets for 46 receptions, 524 yards, and three touchdowns. And I feel good about that uh, ranking, mostly because that's where I had him predicted. I had him uh, ranked 18. So for him to finish 19, I feel like I kind of hit that evaluation on the head. I'm not bragging by any means, uh, just because I really ranked him that low, thinking that uh, Zach Ertz was going to do a lot more this year. And that didn't happen. So it was really just a product of how bad that Philadelphia Eagle offense was this year. Yeah, um, Dallas Goder, I didn't have him ranked. And so I only went to the 20 and the 10, and so I didn't have him inside my top 20. So um, I missed on him. And, again, I had uh, Zach Ertz much higher. Um, thought we were going to see a lot of production on him um, and thought it would reduce some of Dallas's production. Um, but Zach Ertz um, was not the, the consistent tight end that you could plug and play as in previous years. Um, but um, I did not have Dallas in my top 20. Well, and I would like to go off on Zach Ertz a little bit because a lot of people wasted pretty high draft picks for him thinking that he was going to be kind of the steady Eddie he was previously. And he just fell off a cliff. And I get, obviously, again, the Eagles offense in general wasn't very good. But, I mean, that really killed your fantasy team if you were – you know, you, you could have got a higher-ranking receiver or running back, and, and to end up with Zach Ertz and for him not to produce really uh, really hurt your fantasy football team. Yeah, I had him number four overall in our uh, preseason rankings. And, you know, the many drafts that we went through this year, um, you saw people reaching to get that um, steady Eddie, as you said, tight end, Zach Ertz, in the draft, and it just didn't pay off, and, and one that definitely hurt you in the long run of the season. Yeah, I had him at number five. Uh, anyway, moving to 18 is, and this is where I really missed because the, when you listen to the stat line, you'll see what I mean. Evan Ingram was number 18. He had 109 targets, 109. He only caught 63 of those targets, 63. He had 654 yards and with those 63 catches and 615, or sorry, 63 catches and 654 yards, he had one touchdown, one and the thing was, uh, Evan Ingram was so hard to figure out because he kept getting thrown to. They kept wanting to get him the ball. They kept wanting him to make plays. He just wouldn't do it. And uh, I had him ranked number four for the year. I really was really high on him. And if you would have told me, knowing that he would have gotten 109 targets, I still would have had him ranked four. He just really didn't do anything with them. So I, I really disappointing season for Evan Ingram in, in my eyes. Yeah, um, I... I had him Ingram number five, and I thought he was, you know, a breakout candidate at tight end. In many regards, he's been targeted as that breakout tight end, tight end for many years. But this year seemed like it was the year of Daniel Jones changing offense. You know, um, obviously that run game, you know, anticipating to lean off of um, Saquon Barkley and not having that had some effect. But again, at one tight end, I, oh sorry, one touchdown in the <laughs> 2020 season with that many targets. And, and that kind of athleticism at the tight end position is um, mind-boggling. Um, you look at just some of the other stat comparison, you know, you have 145 targets for Kelsey, um, 109 for Ingram, and 
just quite a bit of a point difference. And again, Ingram's not Kelsey, but you're looking <laughs> just a large volume of targets. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to, like, um, this isn't a brag by any means, but I think if I had 109 targets in the NFL, even at my current age and weight and everything, I could probably get one touchdown. Maybe one. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Do you think you can maybe if, just if get one? If it's a one-yard route, if it's a one-yard route, yeah. Like, and you're standing in the end zone positive. Offensive lineman too. Tanya had 59 targets. 59 targets. Yep. And we'll get to some of his production later. Yeah, and yeah, that's what exactly what we will consider when we get down uh, to that area. Uh, number seventeen, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. Uh, Eighty-nine targets, sixty-three catches for six hundred and fifteen yards, four touchdowns, and you can kind of throw this one away because no one had Dalton Schultz doing anything because it was really Blake Jarwin who everyone had ranked and was kind of high on, and he got hurt for the rest of the year. So, you know. This doesn't really show me anything in, you know, in regards to his stats. Like he can go back next year, and it could be Blake Jarwin again. Who knows? So I really think it was just one of uh, it was a, a football player that kind of took advantage of playing time, and uh, it doesn't really tell me anything about what his value is going into two thousand twenty-one. I think I agree. You know, I'm Jarwin at nineteen. Schultz wasn't anywhere that we predicted to be in this top twenty. Um, you know, Jarwin played one game. At 1.2 points before his injury, um, so you would think that he would have been some that Jarwin would have been higher, just given that Schultz is already in that um, top 20, and that's someone who's on our radar prior to the start of the season as far as you know, someone to draft in fantasy. Yeah. Well, let's move right along then, because there's not much to talk about with that. Uh, Tyler Higby for the Rams. 60 targets, 44 receptions, 521 yards, and five touchdowns. He was a big disappointment because you got to remember he had a three touchdown game, so he only had two touchdowns outside of that three touchdown game. Uh, I had him ranked as number six going into the season, and I was definitely way off on that. And I, I think it was just the product of the Los Angeles Rams in general. Their passing attack wasn't as potent as in years past, and I think there was a drop in in targets and receptions for everybody on that offense. And, uh, you know, they used Gerald Everett a little bit more than what I was thought they would as well. And that just really kind of sank Tyler Higby in his production this year. Yeah, I had um, Higby at six overall as well. And a disappointment as far as uh, production this, this season. Um, but I do actually like him this coming up season with Matthew Stafford, which we'll have plenty of time to get into. So I, I definitely think this is – you know, he might be kind of a product of Jared Goff, and, uh, he, you know, we might be fooled by him again coming up this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we could be facing a switch with uh, Higby and Hawkinson um, with the swapping of quarterbacks. So that's something we'll have to see going into 21. Ex- exactly. Uh, 15, it was Jared Cook for the New Orleans Saints. He uh, had 69 targets. 37 receptions for 504 yards, seven touchdowns. And he basically did what I thought he would do. I had him ranked as 17, so I feel like I was right in that vicinity of of Jared Cook. A lot of people were re- really high on him, and I wasn't, not necessarily because of him, but just because of all the weapons on the Saints offense. And, you know, you still got your mix of Taysom Hill. You still got your mix of Josh Hill. Um, so, you know... I 
I like the fact that he got seven touchdowns, but outside of that, you know, the evaluation I think is pretty spot on with uh, the amount of targets and receptions that he got. Yeah, Jared Cook, uh, 18 going into the season. I feel pretty good about that ranking and not too far from where, where he ended up finishing. So, perfect. Uh, number 14, we got uh, Denver Broncos tight end Noah Fant. He had 93 targets, 62 receptions for 673 yards, three touchdowns. And, you know, Noah Fant's a lot better than what his production was this year. It really was Denver had spurts where they were trying to get him the ball and just couldn't. And then there was times where they should be getting him the ball and they just didn't. Um, I had him ranked number 10. I thought this would kind of be a breakout year for him. I'm still high on him coming into the next year. I really think he's a talent. I just really think they need to uh, get a quarterback in place that's going to be able to get him the ball. Yeah, I agree. You know, he battled some injuries as well this year that hurt the overall production. Um, that's true. Had he had targets on the season, um, but uh, did battle some injuries and some inconsistent play at quarterback. But I am really high in Noah Fant going forward, and I think that, uh, again, I, I had him much higher. I had him number nine this year. Um, but uh, still, as a, one of the top-tier tight ends that I'm looking at in 2021. Yeah, and it is fair he had some injuries. He did play in 14 games, but, I mean, he he did play some of those games pretty banged up, so that kind of hurt his production in, in those games as well. But um, 13, we'll move to Hayden Hurst. Uh, 88 targets, 56 receptions, 571 yards, six touchdowns. Um, I had him ranked number eight, and Hayden Hurst to me was – kind of a disappointment because you know 88 targets is fine but I don't really feel like he did anything with those 88 targets you know six touchdowns is actually what got him to number 13 could have been a lot worse if he didn't get the touchdowns so overall with you know you saw uh you know previously um uh Cleveland tight end to help me out Austin Hooper yes thank you Austin Hooper um you saw what he did last year, and you figured that Hayden Hurst would come in and kind of take over those reins, and, and he didn't. It was more Russell Gage in that middle of the field. So I, I was I was kind of disappointed by Hayden Hurst and his production for the Falcons. Yeah, I was um, I, I wasn't as high in Hayden Hurst going into the season. Um, I, I thought he had the potential um, to you know have a good season, but I just I just wasn't as confident in, in his play, and, and in Baltimore um, didn't quite produced the level that was first anticipated, so I had reservations going into, um, you know, 20 and Atlanta Falcons. I had him at number 15. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at some of the um, I, the protection. I thought he would probably get some more, you know, yardage. I necessarily didn't see a, a big touchdown increase, but you kind of look at Austin Hooper, as you referenced, you know, over 780 yards his last year in Atlanta. And then Hayden Hurst around that 570 and similar touchdown range as well between the two. So, um, again, expected a little more yard, not necessarily touchdown, but not too far from where I had him going into the season. Yeah, your actually ranking was pretty spot on. and uh, But, again, the touchdowns is kind of what saved him. Number 12, this one actually nailed, and I feel good about it. Hunter Henry for the Los Angeles Chargers. 93 targets, 60 receptions for 613 yards, four touchdowns, and... You know, I had him ranked number 12 basically because he was coming back from the injury. He could have done better. Like, you know, those four touchdowns aren't that good. He, I, th- I thought he could have had a lot more uh, touchdowns than he did and uh, been even higher. So, I mean, he still is a starting caliber tight end being in the top 12. But 
uh, I, I definitely don't see him as a disappointment, but I, the, those touchdowns could have been could have been better. Yeah, Hunter Henry at number eight. So where he finished um, lower than where I projected him. Again, I'm with you. I thought the touchdown um, production would be much higher than it was. I um, think he's an excellent tight end. Um, you know, be interesting to see how he's used in 21 uh, with uh, him and Jonu up in New England. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. And, you you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, this is going to be another Gronk-Hernandez uh, like tandem. And it very well could be because they don't have any playmakers at the wide receiver position. Um, number 11, Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron had 91 targets, 56 catches for 558 yards and five touchdowns. I was surprised by this. I mean, 91 targets for their tight end. You know, Vance McDonald was there, so I thought that they would split a little bit more than they did. Uh, I had him ranked at number 22 because I just didn't see enough volume for him to really be as productive as he turned out to be. So um, I wouldn't say Eric Ebron had an amazing season, but he definitely was more productive than what I anticipated. I I didn't have Ebron in my top 20 rankings. Um, His his, uh, performance this year... um, Exceeded what my expectations were. Obviously, not having them in the top twenty. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting going through just his performance over the years. Um, you know, a tight end that can be really hot at times and really cold at times, and that was one of the reasons I stayed away. But his production this year um, far exceeded what I anticipated for the year. Yep. Um, let's move on to number ten because this one really took me by surprise. Um, you know, if you remember going into the season, the Bears had like eight tight ends, and you're like, who is going to even play for the Bears at tight end? Well, it was Jimmy Graham, and he played well. He had 76 targets, 50 catches for 456 yards, eight touchdowns. So I had him ranked 43, but I only had him ranked 43 because I didn't know who was going to play tight end for the Bears. Um, he had a good year, though, and he's one of those guys that uh, I felt like you know, we kind of slept on because of his production on the Packers. We thought he might be done. He kind of showed that he's not done. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think, um, you know, my rankings for him, I had him, I did not have him in my top 20. And that wasn't necessarily a reflection on Jimmy Graham, but more a reflection on what I thought of Mitchell Trubisky. Um, <laughs> That's so, that, there's that too. Kind of general rule that outside of Allen Robinson, I'm not going to um, pick up a wide receivers for or tight ends, or any, you know... He scared me to draft a running back from the Bears. What's that? I said he scared me from drafting a running back from the Bears, because <laughs> all you have to do is put ten guys in the box. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham had an impressive year. And, uh, um, you know, now we'll see with Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I know it's a lot of people are upset about the Andy Dalton signing, but, I mean, you saw what he did with Cincinnati. He's a productive quarterback that can... Uh, you know, he had a number one receiver in AJ Green and made him productive. So, I actually think this is going to be the best quarterback that Allen Robinson's ever had, and he can be one of the best receivers in the NFL, <laughs> which is sad to say. Um, moving on to number nine, we have Washington Football Team tight end Logan Thomas, 110 targets, 72 catches for 670 yards, six touchdowns, and. I didn't have him ranked. You know, going into the season, you weren't sure who the tight end was going to be. You heard some rumors of Jeremy Sprinkle, 
And uh, but Logan Thomas played really well, and he was productive, and he's you know depending on what the Washington football team does at tight end in the draft and things, it looks like Logan Thomas is going to be back for more in a better quarterback situation. Yeah, I didn't have Logan Thomas um, in my top 20 rankings. Um, I did draft him in, in some of my daily fantasy football and the best ball leagues, and he, you know, he paid he paid dividends there. Um, but as far as in a fantasy draft, um, I did not have him listed in, in my top 20 rankings. But uh, I like the way they used him, and uh, he's, he's a guy that definitely should be on radars in this upcoming draft. Number eight is... Tennessee Titans tight end. It's our boy, Burke. This is our boy, Janu Smith. 65 targets, 41 receptions for 448 yards. He had eight touchdowns, which was good. And I feel good about this because I ranked him at number nine. So he actually just did a spot better than where I had him ranked. And I will say, though, it was deceiving because he started out just with a bang. He was, like, what, top four tight end for most of the year until, like, week eight or nine, where then he just kind of fell off and they started throwing the ball to Anthony Ferkser. And, uh, but, you know, you can't sneeze at eight touchdowns. And he really, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many targets he has. If he's getting eight touchdowns, he's going to be a top ten tight end. Yeah. Um, he exceeded where I had. I had him ranked. I had him 12. I was really high on him going the year. I thought he was going to be a really productive tight end. Um, you know, I, I think he's, you know, one of the, you know, most athletic type tight ends in the NFL and one that I was anticipating to have a, a solid season. Again, going back, now he's in New England, see what that looks like. Um, but one thing that just keeps coming to my mind when you're running through the targets, um, you know, we're, we're talking about the top scorers right here in tight end. Let's go back again. Evan Ingram, 109 targets. Not even <laughs> close to this level of, you know, production. So, Exactly. Um, you know, again, still, we had um, Evan Ingram very high and 109 targets and, and far being outperformed by those with, um, in some cases, nearly half that. Yeah, 65 targets, Janu Smith. 65. Yeah. And he, yeah, completely outperformed uh, Evan Ingram by a large margin. In uh, number seven, this one was a tricky evaluation because he was retired before, and it was Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski. 77 targets, 45 catches, which, again, 45 catches. 623 yards and 7 touchdowns on those 45 catches. Uh, I had him ranked as 13 because I wasn't sure, like, how, you know, him being gone for so long, how he would, you know, pick up the pace and uh, look like a starting tight end again. And he did have a slow start to the season, but then he just kind of took off and was one of Tom Brady's favorite targets. Yeah, I'd have been number 16. Um, and some of my reservations were similar to yours. One, um, you know, just the fact that and played football in a year, and then you did have O.J. Howard, and you had Cameron Braid there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously a really talented receiving core as well. Um, but he ended up being, as you said, um, as the season went on, especially just one of the more reliable tight ends and performed very well. And, um, you know, O.J. Howard's injury, I'm sure – cost a little bit of that production, but mm-hmm. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski um, just continues to be a connection that you want to have. Yeah, and uh, Gronkowski was kind of like Eric Ebron in regards to he was in an offense where there was just so many targets and you were worried about what piece of the pie he would get, and then it didn't really matter. They you know, they were a big part of those offenses. 
Um, moving on from Gronkowski is number six, Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Gesicki. 85 targets, 53 catches on 793 yards, six touchdowns, and I had him ranked as number 15. I liked Gesicki, but I was thinking that Tua might have started playing a little bit earlier than he ended up playing. Um, and he he was a really good tight end. He was a starting caliber tight end this year. A lot of yards. Yeah, I had Gesicki uh, at number 11. Um, it's interesting how the year went out. I felt I was pretty high in Gesicki, but, um, you know, one of the reasons I was pretty high in him, too, is that, you know, a lot of times those rookie quarterbacks tend to rely on the tight ends quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I figured that Tua would, you know, really kind of focus on that security of Jasicki and, um, you know, would just increase his value. I think he's a very good tight end already, a very good um, tight, I'm sorry, fantasy tight end. Uh, but I thought that Tua coming in at some point was going to increase that value. And actually, it was kind of the opposite. When Fitzmagic was in there, um, Jasicki was hot, you know, and, and it just seemed like connection between Tua and Jasicki took some time to develop. And so I think that as the year went on, the play just wasn't as consistent as it was with Fitzpatrick. So, um, you know, hope for good things next year. Um, also, one of the things, the reasons I was a little higher in Hunter Henry is that, you know, I didn't figure that Tyron Taylor would be playing much in the season and it would be Herbert's show. Um, but again, um, I, I was expecting a little more reliance on the tight end from those um, two quarterbacks. Can't believe you were able to predict him uh, puncturing a lung from a, a doctor. <laughs> that, that wasn't on my um, <laughs> prediction, but uh, I didn't did anticipate that Herbert's too talented, you know, and you invest that much in a, in a quarterback, you're not going to have him sit on the bench behind Tyrod Taylor. No, I agree with you. It just... Uh, <laughs> The the luck of Tyrod Taylor is uh is amazing to me. Um, number five is Detroit Lions tight end T.J. Hawkinson, 101 targets, 67 receptions for 723 yards and six touchdowns. So Hawkinson was a lot like a sicky, to be honest. I mean, they're it's similar. I mean, he had a lot more targets, but uh, yards wise, touchdowns wise, they were basically twins, and. Uh, I, I mean, he had Stafford, who likes to throw the tight end a lot. Uh, he, you know, Detroit, they have a lot of weapons. Marvin Jones, well, Galladay was hurt, so I think that helped contribute to Hawkinson getting more um, more targets than what I anticipated. I had Hawkinson, and this is actually looking back on this. I don't know how I did, uh, how I thought this, but I had him at 16. So I don't know how, like, after his rookie year that I, you know, most rookie tight ends have a second-year increase in production. And for whatever reason, I was worried about that Lions offense. And it really kind of bit me a little bit because he way outperformed what my expectations were on him. Yeah, I had him at uh, number 10. I anticipated um, a good season from him. And um, I think, you know, again, as it shows in his rankings here, he did have a, a strong season. Now, again, interesting thing, you know, you have Stafford, you don't have Stafford anymore, and you have Goff talking about Higby and Hawkinson and how he had the switch, something longer. But, uh, um, you know, Hawkinson was a, was a nice productive tight end this year. And, uh, you know, I'm happy where I had him going into the season. But, of course, I'd be, you know, be happier if I had moved him up just a, a few more spots to match his production for the year. And what's crazy about it is, you know, I was kind of down on him uh, you're high on him his rookie year, so you draft him, and he did 
didn't quite meet expectations. So you don't draft him this year, and then he does pretty well. And then you're like, well, I was wrong on Hawkinson. So you're going to draft him next year, and he's going to have Goff trying to throw him the ball, and then he's not going to be productive. So you're going right. to potentially have a chance to lose out on Hawkinson three ways. And obviously I'm predicting his next season. That might not be the case, but uh, it's it'd be, it'll be interesting to, uh, to to watch that this year. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, about his rookie year, I agree there were such high expectations for him, you know, as a tight end and as a rookie, as far as fantasy, just a, you know, high expectations. And, and he performed well, didn't meet um, what the expectations were. Some of that obviously suffered a concussion. I think he had an ankle injury as well. So he did battle mm-hmm. some injuries that year, and I think that's one of the reasons why he wasn't ranked higher going into this 2020 season, um, you know. He kind of ran into kind of an Evan Ingram, obviously way more productive, but he had 101 targets and only 67 catches. So, I mean, Hawkinson's drop rate is pretty alarming as well. He drops a lot of passes, and especially at a tight end position where you're not getting as many targets as a wide receiver, you you really need to hang on to a lot more of those targets. So, number four is Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens. He's uh, 88 targets, 58 receptions, 701 yards, seven touchdowns. And I had him as number three, so I'm fine with that ranking. Um, he started, you know, he had a slow start, and Lamar Jackson had some issues getting him the ball at certain points, but, you know, you're not going to complain about this. 701 yards, seven touchdowns, I mean, that's what you kind of expect from a tight end. But I, I will say I expected more from Mark Andrews. Especially him being. Yeah, the, I, oh, sorry. I did as well. I had him at number three, but I, I anticipated a little more production out of him. Um, but again, you're not, you know, where he finished overall for the year, you're going to be happy with that. But I, I did have a little bit higher expectations going into the year. Um, I thought Lamar Jackson continued to rely on him more. And it just, it wasn't the same, um, you know, as a target share and production levels it was in 2019. Going into the season, you knew he was like the number one target for their offense in the receiving game, you know? And for him to, you know, actually do a little bit lower than the rank, I mean, I get it's only one spot, but, yeah, I just uh, wanted to see more from Mark Andrews. Number three, this came out of nowhere, and mostly because going into the season, I thought Jay Stoneberger was going to be the tight end, and instead it's Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tanyan. And here's the thing. We just talked about Evan Ingram. Robert Tanyan had 59 targets, 52 catches. 52 catches on 59 targets, 586 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So this is something where you're like, man, that is insane. But I'm not that high on him coming up next year because I can't bank on 11 touchdowns again coming up this season. I mean, that's just that's just otherworldly for a tight end. Absolutely, and this this one this came out of nowhere for me as well, and uh, wasn't on um, you know my radar, my top twenty for a tight end to be drafted. Um, you know, it just um, one of those years, and that he touchdown wise, and with a relatively low target share, um, but touchdown wise, just off the charts, eleven touchdowns, and it's not something that I'm going to anticipate seeing in two thousand twenty one. Um, but someone who's going to be in my my pool, depending on what they do with the tight end position, of course, this offseason, but someone to, to keep an eye on, though, is, is a tight end that could produce, um, obviously at a lower level anticipation next year, but something that could produce for your team next year. Yeah, but like him playing for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I definitely think he's someone to, to target, but I just, 
you know, I, I think you got to temper your expectations in regards to 11 touchdowns. It's just, you know, you can't bank on 11 touchdowns, and that volume is not high enough to sustain you as even a, a top 10 tight end. Right. Um, but he, he had a touchdown catch every, like once every, uh, like once every five catches, he had a touchdown. So Travis Kelsey had 11 touchdowns last year. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to put Tanya at the same expectation and touchdown production uh, as Travis Kelsey. It just won't happen in 21. Yeah. It's, it was, it's just one of those seasons where a player just comes out of nowhere and kind of jumps out at you and it's, it doesn't make any sense. And, Robert Tanyan doesn't make any sense. Um, number two, the Las Vegas Raiders tight end, Darren Waller, 145 targets, 107 catches, 1,196 yards, nine touchdowns. And I foolishly had him at number seven. He was a stud all year. And uh, one of the, outside of Kelsey, one of the most productive tight ends in the in football. Yeah, I... I felicity had him at number seven as well. Um, the guy was an absolute stud this season, um, and just, I just, I was a little worried about. It, it's almost comical to say, um, <laughs> but somewhat a little, a little bit worried about. You know that famous one year, that that route that you can run and score a touchdown on in the pros, <laughs> a one yard tight end route, like sneak out um, to the back of the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Jason Witten special. You know? Yeah. Um, Thought that that would be something that might take some of those touchdowns off the board for him. Um, and uh, the guy just played phenomenal. And, you know, he had a great year in 2019. 117 targets then, 1,100 yards, receiving three touchdowns. Similar numbers other than the targets went up from 117 to 145, and then just a six-touchdown touch, six jump between the years. So, um you know, phenomenal year from Darren Waller and, and exceeded where I had it projected. Yeah, and, well, and not only Witten, but, like, you know, what, Fabian Moreau was uh, – is it Fabian? Moreau. What's his – I can't remember his first name. Uh, I think it's Fabian Moreau. Anyway, he was actually productive, too, and you look at his uh, uh, yards per catch was pretty uh, impressive. So there was, like, three tight ends, and I'm like, well, are they going to start maybe – doing a more mixture of tight ends in regards to their usage and volume. And that was all just garbage because they just used Darren Waller. And they should have because he's so talented. Um, number one is Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs, 145 targets, 105 catches, 1,416 yards, 11 touchdowns. And I'm not going to brag that I had him at number one because that was a no-brainer. He had a record-producing year at tight end. No tight end has produ- uh, had production like this in a season, and I have nothing more to say about it. I mean, he, he did what actually more than we thought he would do, and we still had him ranked number one. So, yeah, I'm gonna pat myself on the back in this one. I I went against all the experts here, and I had him number one as well. <laughs> um, you know, Travis Kelsey. You look at it. Um, it's it's a phenomenal year. Two. 107 points at the tight end position. Um, by comparison, if we looked at the full 17 weeks, he's the third highest scoring wide receiver. He'd be right behind Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. That's just insane. So I wish that I'd have drafted Tyree, I'm sorry, um, drafted Travis Kelsey 
as my flex and then drafted another tight end. I mean, his production is absolutely, you know, he, at the wide receiver. He was worth level. a first round pick. He, he would have finished as a running, it, just from point standpoint. He was, he was, uh, he would have been number seven in running back. Yeah. So Travis Kelsey is your number one flex. And then you draft another <laughs> tight end uh, in 2021. Yeah, it's just insanity how what a season he had and I don't see that you know as long as Mahomes is the quarterback you know outside of injury of course like what happened to Kittle I don't see that changing I mean obviously I don't think he'll have the production he had this season because it was just so outrageous but I don't see a huge drop off where he's not going to be the you know he had almost 14 points a game at tight end that's that's like league winning you have that compared to even like Four spots downwards, eight points. That's a five points a game difference on your fantasy football team. Like that wins you championships. Yeah, tremendous it's, year. It's and, like uh, what I look at it as. It's like uh, you know, if you're doing the analysis on Travis Kelsey, like what don't you like about Travis Kelsey? It's like the what Billy Madison when the janitor's giving him like insider information. Miss Lippy's car is green. Like there's nothing that you can say about Travis Kelsey that's going to convince you that he's not the number one pick (laughs) thanks for listening to the Burke and Miz Montalban Fantasy Podcast and our season finale as we wrap up the tight end position Uh, we appreciate all the listeners this year we look forward to uh, meeting with you here soon and look out for future podcasts as we go through the 2021 NFL draft and we also look at the rookie impact from that draft and how they will impact the 2021 fantasy season thanks again talk to you soon